0: Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast,
1: the latest on shares, markets and investments. Now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be drilling down into UK markets and the global economic environment. And to do that, we're once more kindly joined by Alan Green. Alan, thank you very much for being with us today.
0: Hello, John. Good to be back.
1: So, Alan, we're looking at markets now, which yeah, we're in August. Uh, things traditionally get a little bit quieter around the, the month in, in August. I'm sure you know and, and I know a lot of people in the city that are away on holidays. So uh, it's quite an interesting month because we can actually see quite a big volatility in the, in the lower volumes. Um, But we're just going to look today at the setup that we've got uh, in markets because, of course, people will still be following things and they'll be keeping a very close eye on what's happening out there uh, in the main indices, particularly here in London. Now, Alan, this is something that I've been looking at for the last couple of days. We spoke in length uh, last week and probably the week before that about inflation and, and interest rates. And, of course, last week we saw... Uh, the Federal Reserve, after we recorded the podcast, actually go ahead and increase rates by 0.75 percent, which led to a rally, uh, particularly in U.S. markets. A very strong rally that we saw there. So it's a bit of, um, you know, what I was thinking that markets may be looking, you know, at that move and also the fact that the U.S. has gone into a a technical recession mm. of two quarters. Of declining contracting GDP, um, of course, uh, the U.S. government have their own definition of, of recession, which they've been quite keen to, to let everybody know. But the market's really focused on that technical one. So there's an element now that you know we've seen a recession in the in the U.S. Now, you know, many months ago, there was an inversion in the bond uh, yield curve, which did suggest there would be a recession at some point. We've seen that now, and we've seen a steady increase in market since. But Alan, you know, from your perspective, you know, do you feel this is a bear market rally? Um, You know, we're bouncing off the lows I mean, we're looking here at the FTSE 100 from the low point up 5.7 percent. The S&P 500 in the United States up 10 percent. The Nasdaq up 16 percent. I mean, in your view, is this something that can be sustained or do you think this is something that we're probably going to go back and test those lows again at some point?
0: I think it'll be a, a series of uh, minor corrections and s- either sustaining current levels or possibly even moving higher John I mean as we said last week the the reasons behind the current um, well the current uh, two quarter recession in the u s as much as anything else is the uh, the increases in energy prices um, and of course the, the consequential uh, increases in inflation. Um, but I think the market liked the moves that the Fed made in increasing interest rates to combat that, and of course that's why we've probably seen the the resurgence uh, in markets. You've got the other macro factors, of course. We've got the Russian Ukraine crisis, um, but as as we said last week, uh, the the pressure on food prices and uh, and uh, you know obviously the soft commodities um, is uh, could be set to ease with the news that. Um, that uh there is an agreement with russia and turkey um uh, uh, and um and the world health organization to um allow food exports from the port of odessa um <coughs> excuse me <coughs> we've then got another <coughs> issue in uh china of course with uh economic sanctions imposed on taiwan by china nancy pelosi the house of representative speaker arrives um in Taiwan, and I mean it. You know, that's a bit of. There's a bit of saber rattling going on there. You know, I I don't think it was a a well judged move by the US. But then again, who am I to, who am I to to uh, to, to um debate that? But actually, I think it's uh I think that's it's a bit of a red herring. That I think uh, China's made China has made clear the fact it's unhappy with the visit and uh, is imposing sanctions. But again, you know those. Will be uh, probably temporary, and uh, the, the status quo will probably be maintained because I think China has judged the reaction of the world to Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the united front that NATO has shown. So uh, I, I don't, I don't personally expect or expect to see any further escalation of that particular crisis. So, so given that we've got a, a fairly well, I say benign. I mean, uh, compared to earlier this year, we've got a, a relatively benign backdrop. Um, and if indeed uh, we can, w- uh, if indeed we can see the um, the pressures on inflation, which are driven primarily by energy prices and, of course, food prices, given the food squeeze from Ukraine, which is one of the world's largest food suppliers, if, if we can see that brought under control, um, then... Um, inflation will start to come down, then there's possibly the prospect of lowering of interest rates, which of course would help the scenario further on from there so um I think we 're going to see more of the same, but i think i don 't think we will see the markets fall, fall much lower, obviously, we could get an out of a blue sky event which could change that, but certainly for now, I think it's going to be more of the same
1: yeah that 's something that i 'll have to share. I always thought you know go, going back to when they started to increase interest rates in the way they did they've left themselves a huge amount of space for, for easing so as soon as yeah. we start to see weakness in in the in the uh the economy and if that is the, the most important thing here is if that is followed by a market reaction to the downside all of a sudden the federal reserve pivots from talking about hiking to possibilities of uh, of cutting rates and as soon as they do that the market uh, will uh, of course uh, really like to see the uh the easy monetary policies coming in once more and that's like to see a rally and you know looking at those uh figures there you know, the S&P 500 10% from it, from its lows the Nasdaq 16% in in its lows that's a huge move there mm. uh to see that you know that I mean the definition of a correction yeah. is a 10% move so we'd have to see an additional uh, you know 10% move down from here um t- to see a correction the Nasdaq 16% off definition of a bull market is a 20% move and yeah. you know that that's not uh, that's not too far away at the moment so we're actually nearly back in a bull market well, well for this, the- uh,
0: and the irony is of course that reaction has come from uh, um the raising of interest rates so clearly the market yes judged and approved of those interest rate rises so 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 it's a So and obviously, when the when the interest rates fall again, when the situation changes, they'll approve again. So, so actually, does it does go to show that the central banks do really have a a a, a very comprehensive arsenal of tools at their disposal to be able to to combat um, the effects of high inflation, global crises on the market.
1: Yes, indeed. Good to see the markets where they are, and I don't see too much in the way of volatility. And especially nothing like we saw at the beginning of this year going forward for the rest of the year. So let's move on now very quickly to the the UK economy and and some data that we saw yesterday, Uh, Alan, which is actually going to lead on to the first stock that we're going to discuss. We saw um, another increase in UK house prices yesterday. However, that's on the nationwide However, we did see some comments within that release from the nationwide chief economists that they were starting to see tentative signs of a slowdown in the housing in the housing market. we've heard that before yeah. um, but of course, now with uh, the, the cost of living crisis and, and inflation, you know everyone can see that that's that's starting to to play out. You need to look at certain data from the Bank of England in terms of borrowing and you know that that type of stuff you know it does start to to paint that picture. And at the same time, we've got mortgage rates going through the roof. So yesterday, Alan, uh, we did see the house builders fall, including Taylor Wimpy, which we're going to touch on now. But they've bounced back uh, this morning quite nicely. Alan, after they've given an update, what is that update from Taylor Wimpy? What does that look like?
0: Well, Taylor Wimpy have issued a first half update. Um, so, so the the this the, this is for the. Uh, for the first half of the year, Um two, first half revenues have uh, fell 5%, well, 5.5%, actually, to $2.1 billion. Um, but, uh, but, you know, that's still pretty close to last year's record performance. Completion on 6,760 homes, again, down from last year. So, you know, kind of bearing out the message from the building side is that maybe we're starting to see a, a bit of a slowdown. Um, but even so, Taylor said that the full-year profits are expected between Eight seven three to nine twenty four million towards the top end of of uh, of expectations, um, and also driven on expectation that UK house prices will be between four and five percent uh, higher than last year, and and that in a sense um, uh, offsets their, their their build cost inflation too. So obviously they've seen increases in in the, the cost of materials. But but of course um, but of course that's kind of offsets uh, with the increase in house prices so their profits are maintained. Um, cash balance of six hundred million and uh, that's uh, a lot and that's being passed back to shareholders. Uh, interim dividend four point six p, up eight percent on last year. And of course you know I'm looking at the shares at the moment today up four point two percent. So it's a really strong recovery from yesterday. But why not? I mean goodness me, you know um, Taylor Wimpy pays a dividend of 6.8% per annum so it's a good stock to be in and um in a sense it's crisis what crisis yeah i mean we we're, we're seeing maybe a seasonal fall in the numbers of completions and uh, and a slight reduction in profits but still a very strong uh, set of numbers um I, I mean i suppose the only the only ongoing uh, um issue that, or or um degree area of uncertainty is cost inflation because, of course, if if um, the measures taken by the Bank of England can't get um, interest rates under control, that means building material costs will continue to rise. And of course, if we don't see a consequential increase in house prices, then of course that could change the situation quite dramatically. But certainly, for now, given the outlook uh, um, uh, going forward, you know th- this looks this looks uh, very good indeed to me. And I mean, if we look at the um, the share price performance over the past year. Really, we hit the lows um, middle of July at about um, about 110p, and we're not too far off those now. So, so you know, it Taylor Wimpy now looks like a a good a, a, a decent stock to get into, um, given that it's at these lows, and also of course you, that you've got this pro- the prospect of this uh, chunky dividend on offer too.
1: Yes, I mean my view would be, you know, for long longer term income seekers, you know, the dividends very attractive. But sort of looking at the data that were coming out from from mortgages, there's been a big drop off in in mortgage completions. They've had a very good first half. Do you, do you think the second half could be quite a bit softer than the first half? And you know, if if it is to be, how much that do you think is already priced in? Well, I, th-
0: I think there's, uh, of course, um, uh, that's probably been offset to a point. Um, and And that fact has been recognized by the fact that I think uh, restrictions on lending um, are set to be lifted um, so I think uh, I think people that maybe previously applied for mortgages and were turned down or top ups and were turned down may well find if they try again uh, from here on in, they'll get that money that they will receive that money so so um, that implies that the lenders are confident that uh, the market or the, the ongoing underlying nascent strength of the market is still very, very good. Um, and in the UK, of course, we're in Ireland. There's a finite amount of space um, and a, you know, a finite amount of territory where the the big, the big house builders can build. And of course, they all have huge land banks that they've amassed over the years in order to be able to do this. So I don't see any crisis in the near term in the house building uh, sector at all. And I think Taylor Wimpy's is uh, one of the very best examples in that sector
1: indeed indeed you know the fundamentals that you outlined there about the the limitations of land here in the UK um, it makes it a very different beast to for example if you look at the United States where um, they're really facing some issues in their housing market at the moment we're just not seeing that here uh, in the UK and that's very much down to the fundamentals that you've just outlined there so that's going to be an interesting and I think one of the At the bellwethers for the UK economy going forward for the rest of this year is how that housing market performs. And of course, that the house builders on the back of that. So, a sector there that will be uh, watched with great interest. So, now moving on, Alan, Tech Capital. Uh, Tech Capital and CEO Cliff Gross presented at the most recent UK Investor Magazine virtual presentation, a great presentation, and they're outlining the company. But they've released since then, Alan, at the end of last week, their half yearly update. What were the key takeaways from that?
0: Yeah, a very, very, very good set of results from Tech Capital. Of course, uh, Tech Capital, um, Clifford Gross, the chief executive, um, the driving force behind it. And of course, there's Conrad Dabrowski, the chief uh, finance officer, Lord David Willetts, uh, non-exec director, and uh, a very impressive board of mass. And, of course, what Tech Capital do, they're a global IP investment group, um, and they're focused on transforming university technology into valuable products uh, in the commercial sector that um, they help to improve lives. And, um, of course... Uh, we're based at the Sussex Innovation Centre. We're in the Sussex Innovation Centre incubator. We see a lot of companies coming down and, uh, and looking at the tech uh, and spinning out. And uh, tech capital have executed that uh, uh, very well indeed. Um, they're, they're invested across a number of companies. But what, what is interesting about their offering is that they, as well as the companies they invest into, they have tools to help companies um, or investors Um, seek out uh, new IP. Um, They have an invention evaluator. Uh, The details of that are on their website, techcapital.com. They've got an invention discovery network, um, uh, invention discovery reports, um, ID and IP reports, um, uh, uh, showcasing uh, numerous high-value IP acquisition um, opportunities. They also have an iOS and Android app for searching international university patents. So you can look at the app. Um, if, you, if there's a patent that uh, floats your boat, then, of course, you can get involved. And that's a, a small subscription of $9.99 a month. Um, on top of that, they have um, a Vortex Group, uh, which is uh, um, um, if your organization is looking for experienced IP professionals to... Uh, to join, then uh, Vortex Group can help you with that. They have a, a team of tech professionals or tech transfer professionals and consultants working with them. So, again, um, there's a, a huge array of services for IP investors. Um, in terms of the companies they're investing into, they, they uh, are 100% uh, owners of Guidant, which is auto, autonomous intelligence um Autonomous vehicles are, of course, a burgeoning sector, and uh, uh, um, uh, guidance uh, provide a remote monitoring and control system for these uh, these uh, th- these entities. Then there's there's uh, there is Solaris or Microsalt uh, is the brand, and this is uh, reduced uh, reduced salt food technology for snacks. Um, so it produces micron-sized salt crystals that have all the flavour of salt. With roughly half the sodium and it's the sodium of course that uh, needs to be removed from foods then there's lucid, which again is hundred percent owned by um, tech capital lucid is I, where with smart features and they were the f- lucid were the first company to deliver prescription glasses with Bluetooth <laughs> technology and then of course um, a company uh, that uh, investors will no doubt be familiar with Bellscura uh, which is aim listed um, their technical capital and approximately 15% of Bellascura who've developed a, a respiratory medical device uh, for improved portable oxygen generator for people suffering from COPD so this is uh, th- 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 this again is great technology and um, and again what uh, uh, the, the, the return from that the company's seen from its investment uh, is very impressive uh, in those half year results that they reported last week uh to, to, to May the 31st. Um net assets increased in value by 13% to 76 or just under 77 million dollars. Um net asset value per share increased by six percent to fifty one cents. Um portfolio valuation increased by sixteen percent to seventy four and a half million um and the group saw income of eight million dollars over the period um and a post-tax profit of six point seven million dollars um in addition the company raised two million Uh, at 25p um, uh, during the period Um, and uh, that split um, primarily between uh, Microsoft or Saltney Crisps, that's the uh, Solaris technology 400,000 to that company, 400,000 to lucid light smart glasses uh, for their wireless charging network and then 300,000 for guided remote control and monitoring systems Um, and again a very strong performance from the company uh, you know they're very bullish in, out, in outlook, um, and uh, the company expects to see significant milestones achieved by the end of two thousand twenty-two, um, and of course um, the potential near-term growth and performance from its uh, investee companies. And this it's an exciting sector. This you know we work with also another company, Vela Technologies, in the same area. Um, and again, it's um, you know when you're investors across a range of companies like this that have like, exciting IP and uh, are very capable of delivering uh, um, you know, rapid growth in a short space of time. Then it's really something that uh, investors sit up and take notice. Uh, and it, in a sense, it provides a, a far safer investment uh, than just putting all your money um, or uh, into one company or putting your money into one company. You get a spread of investment here with Tech Capital, uh, which is is very strong indeed. Um, in terms of share price performance, shares currently trading at. 31p they're up this morning um in fact no, no sorry they're, they're actually down slightly today um but uh, the the since the uh, full year uh, or the half year results were announced these shares have risen rapidly seen a year high of 38p a year low of no, um 19p giving the company market capitalization at the moment of 46.9 million but um i don't expect it to stay at this level level for too long
1: Yes, indeed, and of course, they're as I said in their presentation recently. They're going to be preparing uh, for a number of IPOs from their portfolio companies, Lucid and Microsoft. Yes, uh, sorry, Microsoft, um, which is coming up. And in, in your experience, Alan, now sort of looking at the net asset value there that which you, which you outlined. Of course, there's a discount in the share price to that that net asset value. Yes, um, yeah. so which is roughly about thirty percent. At the moment, you know given that we could be moving towards uh, you know Im- imminent IPOs for some of these companies, you, you know is it the case that you see a company like this when we 're moving towards uh, such events that they start to, to really melt up in the run up to those big liquidity events from some of their companies
0: yes indeed, uh, and we have seen this before, and again um, that uh, the, the advantage of investing. Um, into a company that also invests across a range of technologies is that you get that spread of risk, so less volatility. But at the same time, um, often the individual value of the companies um, isn't reflected uh, properly in the actual valuation of the investee company, i.e. tech tech capital. So um, what happens is when when an IPO, IPO event occurs, of course, that company then is realized um, there's a market valuation, which, uh, which rather than the um, rather than the reports and the reports from the unlisted company to verify valuation, you've actually got a live valuation on the stock market at any one time. And of course, that will feed directly then into the share price. So, um, so if the company floats, uh, reflects that increased valuation, you will see that directly reflected in the Tech Capital share price.
1: Indeed, indeed. So again, a fascinating stock to be keeping an eye on as we move into the second half of 2022. So moving on to the final stock that we're going to discuss today, Alan, Kavango, one we've discussed on the podcast previously, but one that's rich with updates. What's the latest from them?
0: Certainly, it's certainly is, it is rich with updates, of course. Kavango Resources, um, botswana focused uh, mining exploration uh, company. Um, They have a number of assets. Um, Their flagship asset is uh, in the west or or, or the northwest um, of Botswana in an area called the KSZ or the Kalahari Sutra Zone. And this area is very similar in structure to the Norilsk mine in Siberia. Um, And obviously prior to the uh, Ukraine crisis, this mine was supplying uh, 90% of Russia's nickel, about 20% of the world's uh, nickel supply, 10% 10% of the world's cobalt and so on. Um, so it's just a huge mineral resource and the geology there, um, is almost replicated in the KSZ and certainly drilling that's um, been undertaken It's, you know, this, this is, make them say, this is a vast area. It's a huge area. You can imagine the central Africa, very remote. So, um, so of course is, it's, uh, it, it's uh, access is challenging. Um, and also you've got your model. where do you start drilling? So, um, Kavango have under, under <coughs> excuse me under that they have also they have also um uh, uh, seen results come out of the ground that um that uh, time with the modeling that uh, they've done to date um still a long way to go with that but um very exciting nonetheless um then on to the uh, Kalahari copper belt um which is in the south uh, in the south of uh, of Botswana. um and again the Kalahari copper belt uh based on the south gandhi copper ridge um uh, kavango completed uh the acquisition um a few weeks ago of kanye resources which was previously a joint venture with power metal resources um, and kanye resources incorporates uh, the licenses um in the kalahari copper belts or two licenses in the kalahari copper belts um and also the detail farms rare earth project which uh um, there have been a lot of drilling updates recently, um, which are showing, uh, you know, uh, which are showing very encouraging uh, returns. And um, in fact, the the core samples bought out of detail uh, are absolutely astonishing in color. Um, and really, uh, it, uh, the team are very excited about uh, what uh, the assay results will reveal there. Um, today, the company have announced um, an update on drill targeting at uh, the KCB license areas, the Kalahari Copper license areas, um, They've identified four significant uh, geochemical features from the from, from the work and identified one new target area. There are two key um, um, uh, prospect areas: there, the Acacia and the Marula uh, uh, areas, and one new a- a target area now called Kudu has been identified to the northeast of Acacia. So, um, soil sampling, further uh, geophysics, um, and reverse circulation drilling is now lined up. Uh, to um to to, uh uh, 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 that works now lined up to be undertaken there uh completion um on the site before the end of august um and ben tony indeed as chevy said today that um that they're uh, with the um with the uh uh, with the work underway the goal is to ensure that when the when the, the drilling team goes in there they have the optimal chance of success um and certainly Kavango very very detailed in the prep work that they do for these, uh, for these, uh, uh, um, th- these, uh, these campaigns, they'll, they'll, they'll ensure that they have uh, a very detailed model available. All of the sampling is done, the geochemical sampling and uh, surveys are done prior to that work being completed. So again, a very exciting um, uh, 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 campaign prospect there. Also worth noting that the valuation of the Kenya resources asset that was purchased uh, by cavango um, uh, was independently valued by a company um based in the region they uh the the independent valuation came to eight million dollars and that's just where it is now i dare say with the work that's been done today that may have increased uh, increased a bit um, on top of the uh the kcb assets cavango also has two licenses um s- close to the Kalahari belt licenses, licenses with a local company, LVR Geo Explorers, which it will be developing over the coming months. So, so again, the company is also well-funded. It um, undertook a, 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 a raise recently. And so there is uh, funding in, in the group to continue with the work that's uh, scheduled, uh, certainly for the foreseeable future. Um, shares currently trading at 1.9p. Um, they have uh, over the year... Been as high as 6.3p um so uh just off year lows of 1.7p so i imagine as the work the news comes in from this drilling campaign we should see a return to uh to those to those year highs as the year progresses
1: that's it thank you just a, just a quick note here um or a quick question actually on you know the, the wider sector we, we spoke in in length in recent months about the junior resource sector, and you know how it's been bouncing around uh, the bottom, and, and valuations not really reflecting the assets there. Is there any signs that you're seeing that starting to be alleviated, or, or are we still seeing very deep discounts in, in shares at the moment that are the in aim within the junior resource sector?
0: Uh, we continue to see those deep discounts, Sir uh, John. Uh, um, but I think what we are seeing now is we're seeing we're seeing um, those. Uh, valuations firm me up you know we just saw a series of falls, but we are seeing uh, seeing it plateau now, so we're bumping along the bottom so I don't think it'll take take a great deal to turn this round and also just worth noting as well we um uh, um a company called first class metals with a portfolio of assets in canada um iPO would in london last friday, the company IPO'd at ten p uh, raised one point one three million with a six and a half million valuation, so a very modest valuation. Um, and uh, certainly, the shares have uh, pushed ahead since the IPO, and uh, they're currently trading um, at just off uh, just off ten p. So, you know, very holding up very well um, since the IPO. Uh, so, so, so I think you know the market's ascribed a value to uh, resource stocks at the moment, and um, uh, and certainly. Based on that IPO, I think we're seeing we're seeing the the market looking at the uh, the resource sector stocks as fair value at the moment. So if there is uh, clearly if there is any change and, uh, and uh, there's further upside or discoveries, then that will be reflected in a, in an increase uh, in the com- uh, in the respective company share price.
1: Fantastic, thank you very much. So just as a recap, now of the the stocks that we discussed today, first up was Taylor Wimpy with a ticker of TW. It was then Tech Capital with a ticker of T-E-K. And to finish off then was Kavango Resources with a ticker of K-A-V. Alan, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thank you very much, John. So just as a a final note here, we did discuss Tech Capital. And I mentioned there their presentation from uh, July, back in July, uh, at the UK Investor Magazine virtual conference. Do check out the video section of the UK Investor Magazine website we will be able to get some further insights on tech capital. Thank you very much for listening.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice and please remember all investment involves risk.